business rock stars. Kelly Kennedy here. And today I wanted to introduce you to my business, Capital Business Development, where we don't just see businesses. We see your potential to change the world. We see your passion, your dedication, and drive to do something extraordinary. And we're here to help you bring that vision to life. At Capital Business Development, we understand that behind every business is a visionary, someone with the determination to make a difference. Whether you're a startup with a big idea or an established company aiming to expand your impact, we're here to support you every step of the way. Our mission goes beyond traditional business development. We're committed to nurturing your dreams and empowering you to achieve greatness. From strategic planning and networking to hands-on support and personalized coaching, we provide the tools and guidance you need to succeed. So if you're ready to transform your vision into reality, look no further than Capital Business Development. Visit us today at www.capitalbd.ca to learn more about how we can help you unleash your potential to change the world. Your dreams matter. Let's make them happen together. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Welcome to episode 44 of the Business Development Podcast. And today we have an absolutely amazing expert interview, Leah Madison. She's a talk show host, master your life. She's been a podcaster for nine years. She is the founder and director of Health on Command for the last 32 years, radio show host, and handles now LRM Consulting as a performance coach for 29 years. We have an absolutely rock star expert for you today, and I'm really looking forward to chatting with her. Stay tuned. The great Mark Cuban once said, business happens over years and years. Value is measured in the total upside of a business relationship not by how much you squeezed out in any one deal. And we couldn't agree more. This is the Business Development Podcast, based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and broadcasting to the world. You'll get expert business development advice, tips and experiences, and you'll hear interviews with business owners, CEOs, and business development reps. You'll get actionable advice on how to grow business. Brought to you by Capital Business Development, capitalbd.ca. Let's do it. Welcome to the Business Development Podcast. And now your expert host, Kelly Kennedy. Hello, welcome to episode 44 of the Business Development Podcast. And on today's expert interview, we have Leah Maddinson. Leah Maddinson is a business owner, wellness advocate, teacher, and 30-plus year coach. And since 2014, she hosts the Master Your Life show on internet radio, which reaches a global audience of 260,000 downloads a month. Wow. It is aimed at people who are passionate about the truth, overcoming obstacles, wellness, personal growth, and self-improvement. Those who are eager to bring real change to the way they live and find meaning in a world that is often brutally stressful and disconnected. In 2009, after receiving her positive genetic result for Huntington's disease, Leah developed her own wellness protocol to halt the onset of the disease by focusing on prayer, the bioenergetics of nutrition, exercise, restorative sleep, movement frequencies, and a pervasive sense of reverence for life. 
But the most crucial attribute in Leah's success has been her mindset. She embraces passion, happiness, and possibility and turns negativity into positive life experiences. She attributes her work ethic and values to the examples set by her beloved parents and a childhood growing up on a farm where she was immersed in the rhythms of nature. Leah's mission is to share these valuable insights with others. As a coach, she guides her clients towards self-improvement by helping them resolve underlying fears, interrupt bad habits, and break through barriers in order to be well. She is also a speaker, addressing such topics as facing chronic or terminal illness, finding the wellness within yourself, stress management, finding courage, discovering purpose, and living in uncertainty. Silver Linings, How to Be Unstoppable in the Face of a Terminal Illness is Leah's first book. Its companion guide, Silver Linings, Course Correction Guide, Your Nurturing Journey Starts Here, takes the reader further into self-discovery and wellness through their own deep contemplation. Grandmother of six, Leah lives in Camrose, Alberta, Canada. Leah, it's amazing to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show, Kelly. I'm excited to be here today. And as you're reading through that, I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I may or may not fix that. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> no, that's great. It, it's, it's wonderful. It's because I have, it's like lots of leaders have uh, a hubris, right? It's like to hear your own story or hear your own stuff. You go, oh, man, that's a lot to, it's a lot to hear. But I'm very grateful for my journey um, uh, to date and grateful that you've invited me on your podcast to share maybe some insights that will help people to live a better life. So thank you so much. No, you know what? It's really cool. I'm not going to name him, but me and you have a mutual friend who I respect very greatly. I've known him for over a decade at this point. And, uh, when he said, I got someone you need to meet, I, I listened. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. He, he who shall remain nameless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. And yeah, it's wonderful how these synergies and synchronicities work in life. You know, the delight and surprise that we sometimes miss um, when the doors are open to us to really amazing opportunities. And what, I guess that's probably when I started out in my career, Kelly. I just, one of the things I think I, that really helped me a lot uh, was saying yes to lots of things, you know, when the door was open saying yes and not automatically going, okay, that, that's too much. I can't do that. Or it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's outside my wheelhouse. It's outside my repertoire, uh, so to speak. So, yeah, uh, yes. And yeah. so those I've though almost every single business success that I've had in my life has been through those types of relationships and networks. Oh, totally, totally. Like, there's no way that I would be where I am in my life without the relationships that have got me here. I've been I've been helped by so many people, people that you wouldn't even expect. Sometimes I think that's kind mm -hmm. of. The hard to believe thing is that you would think that it's the people closest to you that help you the most. But ironically, mm -hmm. that's not typically the case. It's it's the guys that are guys and gals who are just on the outliers. You know, they're just on the edges. And suddenly they're like, hey, you know what? I, I know someone you need to talk to or I have an opportunity you might want to look at. Like, it's not typically the people you think. Yes. And what a blessing that is, right? And because they actually sometimes it's they just don't know your whole story. 
So your family really can get in the way because they know your whole story and they're, you know, quite happy to tell your whole story. <laughs> so sometimes you, that can be, you know, induce fear when we go, okay, I don't want, you know, so-and-so to tell my whole story to whoever it is in order to get this opportunity. <laughs> I just, yeah. I want them to see the best bright, shiny version of myself. And then they can get to know the other parts of me if, I, if that's a necessary requirement uh, within the relationship that we have because we change so much in our lifetime. Uh, you know, our experiences change us. If they're significant enough, uh, we can have some pretty life-altering things. So depending on the age that the people are who are listening to the to the podcast today, that can really be like you could be starting out in your entrepreneurial journey or your business journey or your coaching or, you know, VP status uh, and really be going, I don't have a clue what's going on here, but this is just a great opportunity. Or you could be like a seasoned vet, someone who's you know, worked long time, maybe even corporately, or had your own business, and you you will have life experiences that will uh, shape and shift how you want to embrace what's coming in this next 2023, 24, 25. Um, and, or you might be somebody who's you know just quit your job because you wanted to get out of executive stuff and into your own business. So I like there's so many different iterations uh, of people who are running businesses now and leaders now. Uh, you know, it's not like when I started coaching, there was, you know, three or four corporations. Well, you know, the big corps, there's lots of corps, but uh, yeah, it's just, there seems to be business opportunities uh, abound everywhere. So it's a wonderful time to be in business. Leah, first off, you know, I'm just going to thank you again for coming on this show. I, I'll be honest, I've had a lot of great guests. You know, I, I, I love reading the introductions because I'm just always blown away by the by the level of caliber or the caliber of guests we get on this show. It's next level. I, I don't know whether that's just because we're Canadian. and There's not a lot of us Canadian podcasters around or what it be. But it's uh, it's really, really amazing because I get to speak to such great people such as yourself. Um, the reason that I'm really excited to have you on is that you have such a varied career. You know, you've been you've been in coaching now for over 30 years. My gosh, what has that been like? What is the, what is 30 years coaching professional yeah. business even look like? Right. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great question, Kelly. I guess that uh, like I started out in 1991. My first professional job was as a counselor for a school division uh, in Provost, Alberta, Canada. And so that was three uh, K to twelve schools, five village schools, and a Hutterite colony. And we had the first career fair ever uh, in Alberta. Maybe, I'm not sure about in Canada, but in Alberta for sure. Wow. So, and and why I mention that is because prior to that, career days for students, um, and whether you were a university student or a, or a high school student, was just kind of walking through your classrooms primarily and meeting people in the classroom who might be doing, you know, whatever kind of mundane work, not that work is mundane, but just it was like your teachers and, you know, people from the town you lived in. So maybe a mechanic would come or your shop teacher. So there's that, you know, I come from a small town, I should mention that. So I'm a farm girl from Viking, Alberta. So for those of you who are, you know, hockey fans, you'll know where that is. And, um, and uh, so in our in our school, though, that was it. And that was kind of the experience of people so there wasn't a lot of career counseling. So when we're starting out in our jobs or our careers or our businesses, you know, like if lots of people haven't even really given any thought to that. So we had this first career fair. It was about 1992. And we flew in or people flew in from all over the place to actually participate in this thing. So we had 75 presenters from all over the place, um, archaeologists, 
people who were like the head of Ancana or at that time Petrocan, you know, uh, that came because they were friends of friends of, you know, people who worked in the oil industry and provost. You know, I had a girlfriend that was an engineer. So she said, oh, I'm pretty sure I can talk to whoever it was. You know, we didn't have a clue about not asking. Because lots of people would say, why would you even ask that person? That was so crazy. Like you've been so nervy. Well, we were stupid, essentially. So we, <laughs> so we didn't know. So we just went, let's ask whoever. And everybody said yes. Wow. So we had this absolutely amazing um, experience. I was also best friends with the district home economist at that time and provost. And what does the DHE have to do with youth counseling? Probably not much, except... Uh, that everybody who in a community, and you can find this even in the cities, in communities of people who want to work together to better the community, those are the people who are at the table for everything. So they're there for the farmer's market stuff, for the further education stuff, for the home care stuff. Uh, even if they think they can't really help, they're there for the meetings to see if they can, if they can contribute in some way. Um, my friend that was the DHE had a f- opportunity with the uh, uh, TV station uh, through that role in Lloyd Minster to actually have five shows done a year. So in 1992, five TV shows that played throughout all of Alberta. Yeah, it was funny. So we did that. She dedicated some of those shows to this career fair because it was such a big deal. Um, you know, so uh, so then I made lots of networking relationships there. Um, and, I, and I will share a funny story because it, it's like these little things that you just think don't make any difference, but they do. Um, uh, we had these 75 presenters coming and we were feeding them all. And we had busing in kids from probably like three different divisions for sure. Like there was a thousand kids at least coming to this event. So it was a big deal. And uh, I, was, I woke up in the, I woke up probably about 11 o'clock at night, the night before uh, the, the, uh, the thing. And I thought, oh man, I don't think we have enough food. So I went down to the community hall where this thing was being held and I peeled potatoes and boiled eggs and made a bunch more potato salad. So I mean a lot. (laughs) So I went back to bed, you know, and then the next day it's like all the people are rolling in and the planes are flying in and people are coming in. It's lots of excitement. And uh, the principal from the public school did the, you know, hey, thanks everybody for coming. So that was great. And I hadn't even actually met anybody yet. So uh, I was standing in the kitchen, you know, cleaning up and, you know, bringing coffee to people. And this fellow's in the kitchen dressed in a suit and he had come in from one of the presenters. And uh, he just said, well, I got to ask who made this potato salad. He goes, I know this is completely off topic, but who made this potato salad? Because it's like the best potato salad I have ever had. So I was like, well, I made that. And it's like, I was a little embarrassed about it, but I was like, I made that. And he goes, oh, this is just so good. You've got to come and see me. My name is fill in the blank here from uh, Petra Canada. So it was like my first connection to a oil executive. And I went and met him and he just like, he asked me lots of questions about, well, what were you doing? And like, what, how did you come up with this idea? And how did you pull all this off? Cause it was, and I said, well, I had this great team. Like everyone just kept coming to meetings. We fundraised, we did crazy fundraising stuff to, you know, get money together to bring, to pay for stuff. Um, like we had the school division, uh, rep, the main school division guy, president of the school division and provost actually agreed to sit in a dunk tank, in a dunk tank, <laughs> in a dunk tank. You know, like, so people go, that's, uh, it was wild, but the whole community came together to do this event. And why that matters is because it was the springboard to every other executive coaching gig I got. 
Um, so when people go, uh, why did you have confidence to do that? Well, because I'd already been doing career planning for a number of years. I was a uh, winning athlete. So in 1986, I was the female athlete of the year for my school, uh, played lots of sports. My first paid coaching job was as a gymnastics coach when I was 12 years old. Wow. Um, so I was certified very early in coaching gymnastics. Uh, so I had this uh, interplay between sports and athletics which was very important, team sports and athletics, individual sports and athletics. And then like taking those skills and putting them into a workplace in terms of helping people to uh, design their own path. Like what's the outcome that you want, which is sports, right? It's winning. It's like, well, you're going to win this, man. How are you going to win it? Well, you got to figure out the steps, but I can't figure your steps out for you. So it's like that helping people to know what is the outcome that you want. So some people from that career found, well, I want to be an archaeologist. And so how do you do that in Provost, Alberta? You know, we had lots of people saying they wanted to be marine biologists at the, before that career fair. And after the career fair, not one person wanted to do that. Because <laughs> they realized there's no jobs in Alberta for a marine biologist, but it's every, you know, per girl's dream. Oh, I'm going to be yeah. a marine biologist or you know, I'm going to ride horses and <laughs> do whatever it was. But it was seriously, it was so good because they had this transition of going, oh, this is what that real world example looks like. And these great people who had so much wisdom to share uh, were, were available to people, you know, so the availability was a big deal. You could talk to a geologist, an engineer, archaeologist, paleontologist, like just all of these wonderful people, nurses, doctors, surgeons, uh, and, and teachers, all, and all different other kinds of things. Small business owners were there. Yeah, so you got an idea through your pre-thought questions about what you wanted to know from that person and then develop a action plan for yourself going forward. It, so that's where that sort of started. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Um, congratulations, by the way, because as you know, now there are after career fairs all the time through Alberta. All the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just all the time. unbelievable yes. to think we didn't have them before 1991. <laughs> it is, right? It is. Uh, but there was lots of reasons why. So and there was no this was actually 1991 would have been first like emails really sort of started being a real thing in the workplace. Uh, so even prior to that, there was lots, I did everything by hand. My notes were all by hand. And then I would put them into this old DOS system. So notes for, um, client notes for pay, like, uh, for my counseling part of my job. So, um, yeah, anyway, so that whole thing, it, technology wasn't even around. So now it's like, I go the, the speed with which things can happen can sometimes be really awesome, but it can also be a detriment. Uh, because sometimes we get into things where we're not actually ready in the real world mm. and we go, Oh, I can do that. And then you go, Whew, sounds easy when you say it fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yes. I, okay. So on my show, I talk a lot about, about confidence, about, um, imposter syndrome, things like that. Things that, that a lot of, a lot of people in business development, such as myself or in ex mm -hmm. executive levels struggle with. Anxiety being another big one. I struggle with performance anxiety. Um, 
So, or on stage fright, I guess I should say as well, which, but it's funny because I, you know, I get in front of this mic and I talk to people all the time, but the reality is, is that I've had to amp myself up for years before I go and do anything <laughs> when it comes yeah. to meetings and stuff like that. But we don't talk about those things. Those things are swept right. under the rug and we act like they don't happen or they don't exist. Right. So one of the things I've always tried to do with this show is to normalize humanity when it comes down to mm-hmm. you know, poor performance, anxiety, stage fright, things like that. Because it's something that we all deal with, imposter syndrome. It's something we all deal with, but nobody's really talking about it. Right. That's a great comment. And I will go back to my youth. And I want everyone to think about those of you who are people who watch sports. um, You know, have you ever watched a football game in the last 20 years? Anybody? Like put your hand up if you've watched a football game or a hockey game or any any kind of athletic thing. And just think about that. Now, what do those teams do to prepare? I don't know. Do you want to guess, Kelly? What do, what do those teams do to prepare? You know what? I would bet that they watch their previous games um, and that they get together in a group and they try to get amped up. That would be my guess is to, to raise their raise their energy, raise their excitement. How close am I? Sure. So as, as a group, yeah, yes. But before that, what do they do in, as individual players? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, so they have to practice. They have to know what their position is. They have to know what their role is. And they have to risk actually trying to do the steps that it takes to be a good whatever athlete it is in that role. And then uh, people in professional athletics, I don't know what they do now uh, today, like as of 2023, but up until the last few years, absolutely every single team would have prayed before the game. Wow. And, And that's no longer happening, you think? You know what? I don't know because I'm not in the locker room. But prior prior to that, yeah, absolutely. That that was number one. And so when you think about your own, this is great humanity. Humanity is we are weak, man. Like we (laughs) we are weak and we fail and we struggle and we question ourselves. We doubt ourselves and and we are given these God-given talents. So when you read like Marcus Buckingham, First Break All the Rules, that's how you select people is for their talents. Those are talents that are given to us. You can see when people are really little what their talents are. are. I have six grandchildren, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show. I can see that they're all completely different from one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so uh, they'll comment, but my son and daughter will comment on each other's children. Oh, wow, so-and-so is so coordinated, so much more coordinated than my two older kids that are really good at these other things, but you can see the coordinate, you can see the differences, right? So uh, when you recognize these things and you go, what are my talents and what am I good at? And then you play to your strengths and you kind of manage around the weaknesses and that's in anything in life. So if you're doing your own plan, it's like, what are my strengths? What can I play to? Well, I need to pray about this. Uh, I think people also think about their morning routines, like successful entrepreneurs or business people all have morning routines. Yes. Yeah. And so I hear lots of people say they meditate um, or that they um, uh, like do hot and cold therapy. They'll, you know, jump in a ice cold bath. They'll, you know, do some Wim Hof breathing. We call it Qigong breathing. So there's all kinds of things that people do to amp themselves up or to relax themselves for the day. Um, to get in the zone and the zone is kind of when you're in flow and that's where you're not really questioning if you are capable of doing stuff or not. You're kind of trusting that you can take the next steps. So it's a, it is, it's complicated because you're at one hand, you don't really know what you're doing. This imposter syndrome is because you really don't know what you're doing. 
right? You're, you're not wise yet. You don't have the life experience yet. And so it's this stepping into what are the little steps that I could take that would actually give me more confidence and being able to say that I am able to do this thing and I'm capable of doing this thing. Uh, and giving, if you're a parent also, I would say, or a manager of other people, giving them opportunities to do these skill development things in the real world where they're in front of people doing stuff. So like at networking events where they're there, shaking hands with people, not being on their phone, like put your phone away. You're, yeah. you're supposed to be here with people. This is your people time. And it's that's the, probably the most uncomfortable thing I think people have is spending time with other people now. Put oh. on your deodorant. Put on deodorant because you're going to stink because that's your fight or flight or dissociate is going to kick in from your freeze flight. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like prepare yourself in those ways. Uh, and and so that that's like really basic sort of stepping uh, stones to how do you actually get over the imposter syndrome. But you've got to be courageous. Yeah. You got to call on your heart of courage, you know. And so that, tap, you know, t pounding on your chest, tapping your chest, holding your heart. Um, you know, calling on your best self to come out and play. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I, I, I just want to go back. You know, you chatted yeah. a lot about prayer. Um, prayer, you know, we don't talk about it too much on the show. We really try to kind of stick to like the business development aspects, try to amp up courage, stuff like that. But I, I want my listeners to know. You know, I pray regularly. I really do. You know, I'll be driving. I'll be driving to work. I'll have a really busy meeting coming up. And I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll turn down the radio and I'll say a little prayer. I'll ask for some help. And it works. It really, it really does. It, it does something to just calm you down internally. It gives you that internal courage and strength that you need. There really is something to prayer, Leah. Yes. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. We've been, yes. So thanks for, thanks for commenting on that. And people go, well, what can I do about praying? If you don't, if you've never prayed before, it's like pretty natural. Uh, it can be a pretty natural thing, or it can be a rote thing as well. There's this really great prayer that uh, that's short and sweet that that you actually have a in our faith uh, a guardian angel that's assigned to you at birth, and so that's a real thing. It's not a Marvel comic. Yeah. <laughs> so I see all these, you know, like the Marvel comic, the Marvel characters and the you know, Iron Man characters. And then I go, but did you know that you actually have your own guardian angel? And my grandchildren are like, wow, that's really, that's so cool. So, but we do. And so that, that guardian angel stays with us our whole life. At least this is my belief. So there's a, a prayer that is a well-known prayer um, that just says, um, uh, how does it go? Angel of God, guardian dear. To whom God's love entrusts me here, ever this day be by my side, to love and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. Sorry. And you can say that one at night, too, if you're somebody who actually has difficulty sleeping. Yes. Yes. There, There is definitely something uh, to the power of prayer. And I don't care, you know, what you guys believe in. Uh, you know, regardless of who you believe in, what you believe in, prayer is prayer is prayer. Right. It works. Yes. It works. It works for you. Believe me, it works in your benefit. Um, yeah, I, I also want to go on to the next part that we were talking about, Leah. We were talking about, mm -hmm. about performance anxiety and stage fright and confidence and right. meeting other people is the scariest thing. I 100% agree with you. I've been in business development now for coming up on, yeah, it's, it's, it's well over 10 years. I think we're getting closer to 12 years for me and directly in business development. Um, 
And I can tell you that to this day, I still get nervous. I still get anxiety. I still get stage fright. You put me in a room full of people. I know what I have to do and I do it. But 100%, there's definitely some nerves going on for me. So, you know, for the people that are listening who are also struggling with this, who struggle with meetings, who struggle with, you know, uh, any type of event where you have to meet a bunch of people. Yeah, you're not alone. You are not alone. I, I want you to take that away from this episode that even people that that is their job. And I've done it, you know, I'm an expert in this field. I've done it for a very long time. I still struggle with stage fright and anxiety. I still struggle with with amping myself up to go and do the thing that's hard or heck, you know, I talk about it all the time. You know, one of the challenges that we're having now in the business development world is that I have the whole new generation and they are afraid to make phone calls. They're afraid to make direct contact emails. They want to they wanna put out all these passive things into the world through their Facebook, through their LinkedIn, through their socials, and just expect the phone to ring. And I'm like, look, your phone ain't going to ring. You, that's 20% of what you need to be doing. The other 80%, you need to be picking up the phone and making a human connection with other people because that's what people buy. We buy human connection. And uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's scary. You know, like, I really am concerned about the next generation if we can't, uh, if we can't get back to basics here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such great points, Kelly. So do you have things that you do with people right now that like challenges that you um, throw down to people about the phone in particular? Oh, absolutely. So we have multiple episodes going back where I, I'm not okay. sure you're familiar with, with how my episodes work on the show, but I typically have two episodes a weekly. I have an expert interview such as yourself right now. And I have yeah. a essentially business development focused show where I come on as business development expert and I just chat about business development. How are we going to improve mm -hmm. business development? Here's how you can do it. Here's my day to day. I don't hold anything back. I, I talk about everything we do at Capital Business Development here. Okay. I talk about my processes. And my goal here is just inspire people to get back to picking up a phone and making phone calls. Because the reality mm -hmm. is, is that a lot of companies are failing unnecessarily because they're afraid to make phone calls. Right. Such a great point. And so, yeah, I want to encourage people to do It's very, uh, I had to do cold calling for some job that I tried out years ago. And I just went to myself, okay, like get through five, just yeah. do the first five and did that. And it was just like, again, it's because I, I, everyone has a physiology that's different, but for me, when I'm doing something new, I sweat. Yeah. And so it's like that and it's, it doesn't smell good. Right. So it's like, that's my strategy. It's the only time when I'm trying something new, doing something new, meeting somebody new that I actually have that physiological response to it. And so I just make sure that I'm prepared literally by having the deodorant. And then that takes care of everything. People go, oh, well, that's a kind of a silly little thing. That's like, no, because actually, if you know that you physically don't smell good, other people will stay away from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that to yourself. Like, hey, I got a secret for you. If you're making cold calls, right. people can smell you. <laughs> yeah. But you can. But you can smell your fear, which actually leads to more fear. Sure. Yeah. Did you know that? It's a, yes. it's a compounding effect. Okay, fair. It's a, yeah, it is a compounding, compounding effect. So get yourself in a really great state to do the phone calls. Look nice, smile, yes. get your mirror out. And you probably have covered all that stuff, Kelly. So yeah, we don't. You know what? Just, but take the courage. Yes. Hey, yeah. No, you hit on something I have not talked about yet. And mm -hmm. um, that is essentially dressing for the office while at home. Um, that isn't yes. something I've talked about. It is something that we do um, at Capital. You know, we're always wearing either our dress shirts or our polos. Or in the case of today, I'm wearing my Capital Business Development shirt. Um, yeah, you you have to you have to wear the things that you would wear to an office to get into a mindset that you are at the office. It's kind of a silly thing. It sounds silly on the head, but trust me, try it. Put on your night right. work clothes and then go to work at your desk as opposed to showing up in your t-shirt and shorts 
And you're going to find that you perform as a completely different person because your head has switched into performance mode. Yeah, love it. Yes, challenge yourself. And not not doing the Larry King thing where you're still wearing your underwear. <laughs> Home officing. Say, oh, put and not pajama pants for the love of God, not pajama pants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you so should funny. have your full pants on. <laughs> you should have your whole pants on. That's right. In case you have to jump up in the middle of an interview. And I've had this because the podcast has been on a long time, Kelly. So, And we do the video and audio version on Master Your Lifestyle. <laughs> Oh. This guy was like, uh, she was interviewing away, and then somebody that he didn't know was going to come through the room, came through the back of his thing in his underwear. Like, we just were dying with laughter. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. when we're all working from home, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to touch on that quickly with you because, you know, you're a performance coach. Um, yes. Went into COVID, suddenly everyone's working from home. I struggled with this for a while. Um, and I run my own business. And I wor work from home. Typically, what I was doing before is I was working a lot of client offices. So I was, I was still going to an office, my office, every day. And then COVID hit and suddenly we're working from home. And, you know, at Capital here, we really adopted a work from home approach. But it took me a while to get to that to a point where I could sit down in a room in my home and work effectively. I had to work at it, Leah. I had to work at it for probably a month or two months straight to where I got to the point where I was performing the same level at home as I was performing when I was at the office. And yeah, dressing for the part became a part of that. Um, having a room in my house where that's what I did. I worked in it when I shut the door. That was work time became a part of it. How can you speak to this? What was that like uh, when when you guys started working from home? Were you doing performance coaching at that point? Yeah, I've been doing well. I've been coaching for a lot of years, so yes, and online uh, because I've got clients all over the place. Most of the time, I try to be there in person because it's much more effective. You can read people's body language; they can't hide things even from themselves if you're there in person. So uh, it's a big there's a big difference between doing things online and uh, in person. So going back to that, just want to encourage people as much as you possibly can get out for human to human contact. Um, Cause it's almost like we need to make up for this deficit that happened over the last few years. Um, so just keep that in mind the, uh, and don't get too comfortable in your home offices. Try to get out now that we can try to get out, try to uh, be around other people. You know, everybody in that room is feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. There's only going to be one or two people that are not feeling like, oh, awesome. This is an awesome, easy thing for me. So if you go in with that mindset that you're going to go there and be the ambassador of friendliness to everybody, and that that's your job, you're going to put on that hat and be welcoming to everybody, that you're going to be the one introducing people to each other. And the only way to do that is to, you know, know them. So that's, I'm just going back to that for a second. And then to the home officing uh, challenge, the, I've, I have done interviews from my car. So, you know, <laughs> I have because it's like I've got I've got lots of grandchildren. I'm busy. Uh, when you do interviews, it's like actual interviews are about an hour, hour and a half. And so sometimes I'll be, you know, I've got caught somewhere in a meeting that's gone too long uh, to scurry back to a home office and to get into the proper position and lighting to be OK. And like all of the uh, creature comforts, let's call them, yeah. are not always available. And so if you adopt clearly a little bit more like a go with the flow uh, thing and 
the depending on whether you're doing a video cast or an audio cast, uh, like I always make it a priority to be up early every day. So I'm up early. I've got hair. So like I so if you know I know you're all just listening to this but I have lots of hair. I'm a girl. So I don't just like have bald. I'm not a bald-headed person who just has to, you know, brush their teeth and look handsome or cute or whatever it is. So there's a little bit more up upkeep to uh for women to get ready for work typically. Yes. Then then uh at least in, at least the way I take care of myself. So I would say that I get up really early to make sure that I'm ready for everything and that I've got grandchildren that are with me five days of the week early in the morning. They're there early. So I'm up and ready for everything early. So that whatever I'm doing with them isn't interfering with my getting ready for work. And so that's part of sort of you become more responsible, I guess for the way that you actually manage your life. Like, so if you want the perks of life, if you want the juicy stuff of life, sometimes that is only achieved through the responsibility of actually showing up in that responsible hat on, you know? So, so it's kind of, you can get to the reward quicker, the fruits of your labor quicker or more easily if you're ready for the day early. So I think one of the, you know, things that kind of fights against that is lots of people have difficulty getting out of bed because they haven't had enough sleep. They're not using their bedroom for what it should be used for, which is sleep or making love to your partner. They're, um, they've got TVs in there. They've got their devices in there. So they're not setting themselves up with good sleep hygiene. So that doesn't set up the day to have, you know, good energy in the morning. And uh, so that's a performance issue. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're so stressed out that you're not sleeping, that your bedtime routine is not two hours of no blue light before bed uh, because you're neurologically firing around all of that stuff and it takes a long time for your brain to actually calm down so you can have a nice restful sleep. Um, not sleeping with your phone by the bed, turning it actually off so you don't have that EMF uh, around your head. For those of you who are not familiar or aware of that, like just trust me. Uh, one of the things that's been a real gift, Kelly, with having this Huntington's disease diagnosis is that uh, it happens in the brain where your brain dies off. So the caudate nuclei of your brain completely disappears. And so there's no kind of coming back from that. Um, but then I value my brain enormously, right? So it's like I, I know all the things to keep your brain healthy. And that so all of these tips around brain health uh, are because it's a serious consequence if you don't take care of your brain. Yeah, well, you've been a wellness expert for so long. Like, you know, like I said, you're so varied. Like, you're a performance coach. You've had that wellness expert background. Yeah. Like now you now you host a, a UK talk show host, or you're a UK talk show host for a wellness mm -hmm. show. H how did you get into the wellness aspect of it? Uh, well, I think just from from youth having had uh, kind of been athletic and growing up on the farm. So we were taking care of animals all the time. It's like you have to take care of the health of the animal or else it will die. Like if you don't water them, little chickens don't last for very long. If you're not watering them, horses the same, you know, cattle. So uh, even your plants, you know, so you don't have a very good garden if you don't take care of your stuff. And, and health of plants and animals is the same as our health. The same inputs that you put into plants and animals are really the same as the inputs that we put into ourselves. Sunshine, you know, good, good uh, vibrations through nature, through the wind. The wind makes things stronger 
you know, not tornadoes, but wind makes things stronger. So, uh, you know, just learning lots of things like that. So, and being able to parlay that into, well, how are, how are human beings affected by the nature around them? And so many people are in the city, they're not outside, they're not taking their shoes off and just walking outside. So just those little healing things that we can do that are so fast that switch our nervous system instantly. Yeah. Instantly. So when people go, oh, I got to go to the gym or I got to call my psychiatrist or I've got to, I go, well, have you tried just taking your shoes off and walking outside? They go, oh, I never thought about that, but it snowed. Like I live in Canada too, guys. I go, yeah, try that. Because it is this really sobering thing where you actually get out of your head, right? So it's like you're in your body. So part of health and wellness is being in your body. So when people go that they meditate, they're spending so much time out of their body that they're not ever in their body, but your body is actually where it's happening, man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is the vessel that we've got here on earth. And if you're not taking care of it, it's a miserable thing. And I guess I've seen Kelly's, you know, so many people be sick with this disease that is incurable, actually. Um, so there's uh, on the show on Master Your Life on the podcast, I've been really blessed to have had uh, Dr. David Katz on as a guest um, for the first three years of the show, I had him on about seven times wow. and, uh, we, we talked lots about lifestyle as medicine. Um, and he was being considered for the surgeon general job of the U S like he's very well known internationally for his lifestyle as medicine teaching as very successful business person. Um, but when I asked him if he would debate on whether or not I could actually heal this Huntington's disease through lifestyle, he said, I'm sorry, Leah, I can't debate that because there's only about three things in this world that can't be cured through lifestyle and Huntington's is one of them. Mm. And so I was like, duh, you rat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, I just will pray about that. And, you know, and I, and I do, I pray about that. But so to about health and well-being, though, you're, you can delay the onset maybe of symptoms. You can uh, maybe impact the severity of symptoms in things. And so when I people st see people struggling with health things, I go, I know that you can actually cure this. Like 99.9% .9 of stuff can actually be eliminated from your health problems if you take a wellness uh, perspective and become your own performance coach and go, okay, like what's going on here in my body that's hurting and go do something about it right away yeah. as opposed to letting it fester because that's what we do, right? It's like, oh, my shoulders hurt. Well, then I'm going to sit here for another six hours and, <laughs> and I'm going to complain to everybody. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, my God. And my hair all fell out. Yeah. Oh, we, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of laughing tongue in cheek, but I did have somebody that that actually was, was an owner of a business, a very young owner, and his hair all fell out, all of it. Wow. Every single strand. And he, yes, and he went and actually got hair plugs, oh, hoping that that would actually help. Yes, poor guy. And it didn't help because the, he didn't, wasn't going to deal with the root cause, which was the stress that he had, yeah. right? So it's like you actually have to deal with the stress because whatever's happening and manifesting in your body is going to keep doing it unless you deal with the stress. Yeah, I used to make a joke. Um, there was a company that I worked at for many years, and I, almost everybody there who worked there ended up eventually losing their hair. So I was just sad if you worked if you worked there that that was just going to be the outcome for you. <laughs> right? Oh my but god! And anyway, it wasn't that stressful of a place. Just, just the just the fate of everyone who seemed to work there. 
Yeah. <laughs> Something in the water. <laughs> you know what? I, I do want to speak to that because I lost my hair quite young. I'm not completely bald, but I do have I do have a big bald spot on the back of my head. And and I just I opted to shave my head for my own self-confidence reasons. And I just owned it. I decided early on that I wasn't going to take any type of Rogaine or any type of drugs. Didn't want anything to do with that. I just decided I was like, you know what, if this is the route this is going to go, I'm shaving my head and I'm going to embrace it. And I'm speaking to my bald brothers out there. If you guys are struggling, yes. I remember the pain and, and the feelings that I had regarding to losing my hair quite young. I was 27 when I started losing my hair. Yeah. Um, I, was a, I was a high performance executive at this point. And yeah, I was doing mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, but you know, genetic factors too factored in and that was what happened. But you have a choice you can make when it comes down to what you're going to do about this. And what I want to encourage all of you to do is to just love yourself and embrace the person yeah. you are. And if the person you are is a bald man, be the best, most yes. amazing bald man you can be and embrace it and love yourself because it doesn't change who you are. You're still the same. No, person. no, it sure doesn't. That's for sure. You can spend, yeah, your focus too much on that. However, if you're losing your hair because you're stressed out, do do something about the stress because your hair is only the um, thing that you can see mm. physically that's going on. But there's lots of things going on internally that are not going to be that hot for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so take the signal, take the signal to do something about whatever the stressors are. Yeah, I, I think the problem that we have, Leah, you know, mm-hmm. where can start and, I, and I'm saying this from my standpoint, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. Um, you know, I, I've had Tash Jeffries on the show, who's also a wellness expert. And we've kind of chatted about this. Like, Tash, you're gonna, you're gonna rip me apart, because I'm not doing any of these things that I need to be doing. I'm just focusing on the performance that I have to do. But like, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you know, you know, we have, we have, I have three stepsons in the home. Um, we have a baby mm-hmm. away. I'm incredibly excited. Um, and we, you know, we're, we're up all the time. I, I run a company. I have cl- like high performance clients. I have a high performing job. The stress is real all the time. You know, I have employees. I'm mm-hmm. under an immense amount of stress all the time. And, you know, I, I get it. I know there's things that I need to be doing, but I feel like I just struggle to make the choice to do them. And I get that, like, if I don't make those choices down the line, at some point, it's going to catch up. But I definitely feel like, especially over the past month here, I've been burning the candle at both ends. How do Mm -hmm. you break the cycle? Yeah, that's a great question too, Kelly. So, um, and what I would say from an executive standpoint perspective is what uh, goes in your mouth is really what you become. You know, so the physical activity stuff you can take care of pretty quickly through Qigong. So I will, I will say, I uh, was a professionally certified coach, trainer, personal trainer, dryland instructor, group fitness instructor, and uh, taught all different kinds of modalities in the Western medicine, Western athletic side of things of training to very high level athletes, and lots of them ended up with injuries because of their sports. And so one of the things I think that Um, we were taught is like the, it's like work harder, like run harder, run more. Uh, If you're stressed, go running because it does dump endorphins. But what it also does is it causes an enormous amount of uh, impact on the body, whether you're a man or a woman. So uh, then you're going, well, how do I actually deal with these injuries now? Because then that's a whole nother complicated thing. Um, But you know, I've got a, a I've been very blessed to have had this uh, friend that I mentioned, who was the district home economist. Um, she's also the godmother of my one of my children, and we've been friends for you know lifelong friends now. Um, and she's dealt with a very serious um, illness. And what she'd said to me is that the thing that made the most difference for her most recently because of this illness business is de- just drinking water. It's like, so what's the water intake that you can have? And that that's about all that her husband can manage to do also. 
And so water is a very interesting thing because we're, our body is primarily water. Um, and so we've got lots of water throwing through all of the microsystems in our body. And so if, we, if we're able to actually drink good water, it can imbibe us with good energy. And uh, I'm a Qigong teacher now. So Qigong is like a 4,000 or more year old movement practice. Qi, which is Q-I-G-O-N-G, uh, gong, which is energy mastery. And so energy mastery really sounds complicated, but it's not. It's playful, it's fun, it's just stuff that everybody can do, um, and it's a natural thing that people do. So I'll just give you a really solid example. Lots of people have problems with lungs and breathing and from stress. It's like they'll sit hunched over, or they're on their devices lots, and so they're not actually getting a good full breath of air. Um, or there's people who've had, re had respiratory issues in the last couple of years from unknown, who knows what's going on, but lots of mm -hmm. things. So I say it's very easy just to do a little Tarzan knock on your chest, and just like a Tarzan, <clears throat> knock on your chest. And people go, well, that's weird. Really, that works? I go, try it. And I go, oh, that's weird. I said, try it. So 100% of people go, that works every single time. <laughs> <laughs> just, so it's like anything that is blocked energy. So whether that's your shoulders because you're sitting at the desk a long period of time yeah. or your kidneys because your kidneys are your energy center of your back and you're sitting for long periods of time when we're doing podcasting or working. So you don't actually have to go out. You don't have to go for a run. You could go outside for a stretch because that's nice to get out in the sunshine. But you could also just reach behind you with your fists kind of, uh, you know, fisted up, your hands fisted up and knock on your kidneys, which is in your lower back. If the, for those of you who are not, don't have any idea where your kidneys are. Um, and this is the things that where your kids, kids are is where the uh, adrenals are. And that's actually when we drink coffee, what makes us go, woohoo. All right. I feel like I have energy, but you can do it this way without ha having coffee. Okay. You know, so give, yeah. yeah. So give yourself a little chi massage and then, and so anywhere that's this blocked energy, you can unblock it. So you don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to be up at 5am. You don't need, and you can also find out more about uh, my master Lee Holden has everything online. You can find that out at the masteryourlife.ca website on the shop page. So you can check out Lee's stuff, but in terms of water, because, uh, again, lots of people don't want to do anything that looks silly. They're happy to go to the gym and lift weights, which, by the way, also looks silly, just for those of you who. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a gym rat, so, you know, I bless you all. I do. Yeah. And, uh, yes, so, uh, and I think there's lots of merit in staying strong. So I don't want to diss the gym people because it's very important. And I think in terms of releasing testosterone, masculine energy, um, building up muscle, really important for your health. And the longer that you can maintain muscle, uh, the clearer your thinking is also. So you stave off dementias. Um, for those of you who are drinking, though, what I would say to you is that your neurology is affected on your first drink. Um, so if you're relying on your brain to actually help you to have a better life, um, I know it's really, it's hard because it's like a big thing culturally, but you know, when you were talking about home officing, let's just go back to that because I think lots of people struggle with the home officing when uh, COVID hit because what they were seeing on TV was the newscasters mixing highballs first thing in the morning. Well, let's learn how to make highballs and let's learn how to make bread. And I'm like, are you guys <laughs> bananas? Are you guys absolutely bananas? 
And so I'm going, and people are doing this? I couldn't even believe it, honestly, Kelly. I was like, people are actually doing this. So I got, I love you all. I'm just like, oh my, I couldn't even believe it. So that was a big shock for me that people actually were making those choices. And so I, again, the comeback, I think, is people have got to know that it affects your neurology. It affects your decision-making, impulse control, executive functioning, uh, which you need in order to make good decisions and to problem solve. I w- so problem solving, I was- important in business. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like most bad decisions I've made in my life, I've made with, with booze in my system. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like there is honestly this huge push, right? So, yeah. um, so one of the things that... And summer's here. So it's like time for some beer and time for some hot dogs and burgers and, you know, and all that stuff, which is good. I love food. I eat. So I'm not, I'm not a weirdo in the eating department at all. Um, I did a ketogenic diet from the age 40 to 45 without a cheat day, though. Wow. Um, so, yes. And I did that because I just received that genetic status. And I thought, what am I going to do to actually stave this thing off? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found is it was just to uh, excluding other people from my life. Yeah. Like my kids didn't want to do that all the time. My mom was going, why do I even cook for you? Yeah. <laughs> Just to sleep, mom. No, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. It's, um, yeah, I, I've tried things like that as well. Not keto, but, um, I, I did like fasting for quite a while. I did that for, a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed doing it, but I found it harder and harder to do the longer I did it. Frankly, it, yeah. it, was, it was almost unbearable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of, yes. that, but, for me, that worked incredibly well. And you know, you were talking about the gym. I've always found the gym has done more for my mental health than anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You were talking about like the physicality of it and the muscle strength. But I find for me, it was always such a stress release, right? I was always, I always felt better. I can tell you, I've never left the gym and felt worse than I did when I went in. It right. never happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. But if it's the reason that you're if part of the problem is that you can't get to the gym because of whatever other circumstances are going on in your life, um, don't give up. And, uh, beca- and also like there's practices that are really difficult. Qigong actually is martial arts also. So, uh, my grandkids called me iron shirt grandma cause they could punch me in the stomach and I don't feel it. <laughs> I was- Just saying. All right. So yeah. So Qigong is all this nice flowing movement, but it's also strength, strength and conditioning as well. So if you want to check that out, that again, that's Lee Holden stuff, but I do, I want to switch to water a little bit here because you asked what's a simple thing to do. Yeah. Um, so uh, because I've had this health show and a focus on wellness, I've seen lots of things that I go, Oh, that's I, I don't actually understand how that would help people to feel better you know, or the, the kind of the, the health thing. So, uh, and I also grew up in a family where prevention magazine was on the shelf. So the how-to guides of how to fix everything, including your body, that was before me. And I, uh, you know, voraciously sort of read things about how people lived and how people ate. So like the blue zones and, you know, can you eat that way? And well, not really here. It's like, so can I eat potatoes and not feel bad about it? So we have so much information coming at us all the time about what not to eat and what to eat. And that, that whole roller coaster is very confusing. So I will tell people, I eat eggs, I eat butter, I love it. And I eat every single day. And (laughs) so, and I eat organic, but sometimes I don't because I can't, but I do eat, I eat meat uh, and I love it. So uh, when people go, oh, you must be vegan or vegetarian. No, hundred percent not. And the, um, uh, and there's lots of reasons for that. So the, 
and you need to figure out your own path for how you're going to eat and feel well, but you have to be functioning in society as well. You know, so the, the quickest way to, uh, restore health is to have good water. Mm. I think having a good water supply is important. I, I interviewed a fellow named August Dunning who does dry fasting. And that's a really interesting thing for people who are trying to reset their body. Uh, but it's a dry fast. Like you don't actually drink any water for seven days. Wow. You don't eat anything and you don't drink any water for seven days. Well, it's, so it's called the, the Phoenix protocol. Or weren't you that one? Aren't you not supposed to live if you don't drink water for three days? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Did he? he was proven. Did he miss the memo? <laughs> <laughs> so I think if people have really serious health conditions and they're trying to do it, I've got lots of people who guinea pigged on that and had really good results. Um, I myself didn't because I couldn't. I just felt like I couldn't like live life and do that because I have lots of responsibilities in my day to day life. So I couldn't just check out for, uh, you know, a week because you really need to check out for a week in order to be able to do that, pull that off um, properly. So, cause it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I'm not sure that I would advocate for anybody not drinking water for seven days. That seems incredibly excessive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But if you're sick enough, Kelly, yeah. with something, yeah. you know, so the day when you get sick enough with something, then you might consider doing some of these other things, uh, gaining my life because I've had these wonderful guests on my show that have had all kinds of cancers and uh, like the, the founder of UK Health Radio, Johan Ilgenfritz, actually healed himself of stage four cancer, not not doing dry fasting, but an alkali diet, you know, so, but he said he would have never thought about doing a single other thing with his lifestyle if he wouldn't have had cancer mm-hmm. that the, that was serious, yeah. right? And then it was all of a sudden he had his kids and he was going, holy, I'm not even going to be around for, I'm not going to be around for my children. So Illness is a life changer. Yeah. A hundred percent. It is a life changer. <laughs> so. you, know, that, that's, you're, you know, you're speaking to it a lot because you've been through it. You've been through a severe illness. You, you go through it on a daily basis. It's incurable. And so you, you've worked out all of these things to try or that have worked to improve your, your way of life or to improve the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like, I think a lot of the people we're talking to, you know, always, you know, regardless whether it's your show or my show. There are people that have mm-hmm. not necessarily experienced a health challenge yet. You know, their biggest challenge is they're struggling mm-hmm. with shit and they have a family who drives them crazy at times. And they're trying to just like get their, get themselves sure. level, right? Um, right. Now I go, how, how do we change? How do we, how do we get them thinking about that today? How do we get them thinking about their health proactively before something like that happens, before they get that inevitable result? Right. Well, and I think I've seen lots of people with the, like the, it's the stress thing that really is the big thing. So people put off uh, and, and you know what, you're not going to change that. Mm-hmm. I think people, people come to, come to doing something about their health when it becomes important for them to do it. I'll also mention that uh, like I was the female athlete of the year in 1986, but I also put on a hundred pounds between age 19 and uh, 25, 26. Wow. And so I had to lose all that weight. So I lost all that weight, but when I was 30, um, but I had this enormous weight gain and that was because of being abused as a child, not by a family member. So I'll just mention that, but there's lots of things that you don't see that are kind of this mental health or spiritual health side of things. Uh, so when people talk about performance coaching, that's probably why I can speak to a lot of things that other people are afraid to Mm -hmm. just because I've had, (laughs) I've had lots of experiences and gone, all right, like, am I going to let this actually devastate me? You know, when I was 30 years old and a hundred pounds overweight, 
I just, my kids were little and I thought, is this actually the mom they're going to have to live with for the next however long? I'm like, holy man, Liam Mattinson, smarten up. Mm. You know better. Like just those, like those cross moments where you go, like, are you really going to cross road moments where you're going, eh, you really want to do this? So in business, it's the same. We, if you're really looking at your business and your life, it's like the crossroads happen all the time. The simple things from the phone calls, are you going to actually do the crossroad of doing the phone calls or are you going to default to your old habit of not doing the work. Yes. You know, so it's these simple things. So with health and wellness, it's the same thing. It's like, what are the little things that people can do um, to take back their health? I've come across this really great therapy devices that are terahertz therapy. People can find out more about those um, at my website, iTerracarePro.ca. But I want to speak to the water a little bit, because again, this is an easy thing that people can do. Uh, They have a a water bottle called a Seven Wonders water bottle, which actually makes hydrogenized water. And so the terahertz frequency devices make terahertz structured water. And you can drink that and terahertz is between infrared and uh, microwave on the visible light spectrum. So it resonates perfectly with human or any living cell. So plant, animal, or humans. So when you drink the water or use the devices, it helps to improve your overall functioning and we can't say heal anything because then we'll get the big black x from you know where but if anyone's interested uh in learning more about those you can come to that website but the water thing is really important because people can do that on the go you don't need to take something with you so these seven wonders water bottles actually have hydrogenized water um, in them which is like the water that uh in the places where there's miracles like lourdes you can look this up. They have water that is like this. Okay. Interesting. Water. Interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. The container that we drink water of could be important. <laughs> that- yes. So I know you guys, I know you all, you all can't see this, but I will show Kelly it anyway. Cause so just so you can see it. So it's the seven wonders and it has a little puck in the bottom of it. And though the puck is actually where all of the uh, good stuff happens. You just fill it up with regular water and then you let it sit for three minutes and then you pour the water into your glass and it is it's hydrogenized. And so you can all look up hydrogen water. You can Google that and you can see the health benefits of hydrogen water for yourself. And uh, then those, that is, I would say, the best investment for people to make because you can drink it as you're sitting. You can take it with you through the airport. Um, the puck needs to be changed every three months. If you're drinking six glasses a day, they're 350 mils each. Um, so there, it, it is, that's the best health defense again, cause I'm a busy person. I don't really have time to do the wanding all the time or the Qigong all the time, but the water I can drink all the time. Oh. And so, yes. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. In the Kennedy household, yeah. here, we, we use Brita, Brita water filters and we love our filtered water and never thought about the container being important. Maybe it's worth looking into. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think that it's like the testament of things. My sister says to me, like, how is it that you're, cause I eat regularly. I eat regular food. I eat bread. I eat whatever. And she, it's like, how are you actually like, not like as the shape that you're in? And I said, the only thing that I've changed is this water bottle. So drinking the water from this water bottle has done something. I've been using it for the last three months and it's been very, very effective in helping me to kind of maintain weight and also uh, keep my cognition nice and clear. Uh, Again, because if you eat lots of carbs, sometimes that's not the case. So that's, yeah, yes. Awesome. Awesome, Leah. Uh, Well, I only have one more question before we wrap up today's show. We were talking a lot about morning routines and I want to know what is your morning routine? 
Great. I'm glad you asked, Kelly. So I get up early <laughs> I've, and I lay in bed for a bit of time and I, uh, with my eyes closed and I try to capture my last, whatever it was I was dreaming about. Um, because those sometimes messages in the morning first thing are really important. And so if I can capture it, I'll write it down. Uh, I do a rosary in the morning and then a quick couple of prayers and then I get myself ready for the day and then I have breakfast. Um, so that is my, and I do a bit of Qigong, like probably seven to 10 minutes and then uh, breakfast. Wow. So it's actually pretty quick. It's very quick. It's very quick. Yeah. I used to go to the gym. I'll tell you the difference. I used to get up at 4 a.m. Um, and then get ready for the day, go to the gym for five because the gym didn't open till five. At that time, you know, there was no key fobs happening, but I would be at the gym at five and train for an hour and then go to the steam room and then to the hot tub thing and then shower and then go to work at seven o'clock. And so when my kids were little, they had to spend lots of, I was a single mom for many years. So the, uh, the kids had to spend lots and lots of time alone. So I would not recommend that. Uh, there's things I learned definitely around. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, it kept me healthy, but it was not good in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of life management. So that's a struggle, I think, for lots of people who are managing businesses or who are single trying to manage businesses or even couples, you know, who are trying to manage businesses. How do you make sure that you take care of the family? Because the biggest reason why people need executive coaches is because not because they're struggling with their business structure. Most people in their business structure kind of get that figured out early on, but it's in their family. Mm -hmm. They're healthy and in their family, family relationships. It's, uh, it's dealing with stress and family. It's incredibly tough. It's incredibly tough. Um, we don't talk about this much in, you know, founding businesses, right? But like, your family responsibilities don't change and your workload goes through the roof. And then at, at some point, you got to start making choices as to what's going to take priorities in your life. And I'll tell you from my side, it's tough. It's really, really hard to balance life and family, especially when you're high performance. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing podcasts, you're doing running companies, you're, you're dealing with day to day things for clients. And then you're still expected to be at the soccer game at night. It's tough. It's tough. And it's like, of course, as parents, we want to be there. We want to be there for everything. But we also want to generate enough income where we live a good life. So it's a very hard balance. Yeah. Yes. And keeping the relationship strong between yourself and your spouse is super, super, super key. And that it, it was one of the probably the most sad things that I experienced was all these really high performing, really good men. Uh, and I coached lots of their wives, too, because they said, oh, it's like we need you in the family. There's family stuff. And because my background is actually as a counselor, then they were like, oh, like come into the family and let's do this family coaching bit. Um, and, you know, so probably 30 families at least were coached and there was two that didn't make it through. Mm -hmm. And it, I just feel so sad about that because it's like they had all the money. They had all the beautiful properties. They had the boats and the, you know, da, da, da. And it's just like they could not, um, they couldn't keep the relationship together. Well, that's it. You can For have, a variety of reasons, yeah. You yeah. can have all the things in the world, but if, you, if you're mm -hmm. not investing time with people, with the people you love, yeah, you're losing, yeah. You're losing the relationship, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. It. And the, and the uh, temptation to... I think when you've got lots of stuff, there's lots more temptations to step outside uh, the relationship. And there's lots of people who will try to, um, what do you call that? It's like, there's almost an effort when there's something good that the people who don't want to see something good will make an extra effort to 
um, crash it down. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you've got something good, protect it yeah. with all of your heart, you know, and have your family protect it with all of their heart. Um, because without that family, you're going to lose every single penny you invested in your first 15 to 20 years of your work life. If you cannot keep your relationship together, divorce is expensive, hugely expensive. Nobody wins. The kids don't win. And I can speak to this personally, went through it myself. It's very, very horrible. And it is not easier. Uh, It's easier to fix your things. I mean, unless somebody's got a major addiction problem that they can't, for whatever reason, get out of and you you really can't, uh, you know, or they've got some moral problem that you can't see them getting out of, then that's a different scenario. But in the regular world of things, like really try to do whatever you can to shore up your relationship. And it's a work all the time, all the time. It's like a, not a fantasy where, you know, people just get along all the time and it's going to be, you know, roses and sunshine. Relationships are very, very hard work. Um, yeah. Oh, that's amazingly. But- yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. It is tough, but we have to make the time. We have to figure it out. And I think that's the other side is that you have to be committed. You have to be committed to finding a solution. There's always a solution. Right. Uh, you just have to have the strength to to approach one. And if that's, you know, if that's, if that's with your wife, that means that you guys just need to put down your weapons for a second and realize you're on the same team. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is it for our show today, Leah. Thank you so much for coming on. Do, do you have any questions for me before we wrap it up? Oh, geez. Well, uh, what's the favorite piece of advice that you like to share with your clients? You know what, with my clients, I I like to just try to explain to them that an active marketing approach is something that they need to embrace wholeheartedly. Um, I've spoken with a lot of business owners. who I've gotten many calls at Capital where people call and say, Kelly, I've spent 15, 20, $100,000 on passive marketing campaigns and our phone is not ringing at all. why isn't it working? And it's like, because you're not building a, a personal connection. You're not, you're not being human with your customer. Um, if I can give one piece of advice to anybody listening today uh, for marketing advice, you got a business, you're not selling. You need to make direct contact with your customers. And I'm sorry, putting out the Facebook ads, doing all of the passive social media campaigns in the world is not going to make your phone ring in the way that a personal connection will. So, you know, stop wasting your money there pick up the phone, make 15 phone calls a day and watch your business turn around. Love it. Spend 15 minutes a day praying and doing Qigong and drinking some water. Half an hour. Your life is going to be completely awesome. (laughs) Check back with us in a week. Yeah. Oh, yes. Frequent checking back on your plan. That's the other thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Kelly. Amazingly. (laughs) This has been episode 44 of the Business Development Podcast. We've had serial entrepreneur and talk show host, Leah Mattinson. She uh, is the talk show host at Master Your Life. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, go give her a call. Uh, Leah, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, two ways. Thanks for asking, Kelly. You can come to my website, masteryourlife.ca. So that's not .com, masteryourlife.ca. Or you can come to my iTerracare site, which is iTerracarePro.ca. So that's I-T-E-R-A-C-A-R-E-P-R-O.ca. Amazing. Thanks, Kelly. Amazing. Thanks, guys. This has been episode 44 of the Business Development Podcast. If you've enjoyed this show, please follow, like, subscribe, share with friends, tell your family. And we will catch you on the flip side. This has been the Business Development Podcast with Kelly Kennedy. 
Kelly has 15 years in sales and business development experience within the Alberta oil and gas industry and founded his own business development firm in 2020. His passion and his specialization is in customer relationship generation and business development. The show is brought to you by Capital Business Development, your business development specialists. For more, we invite you to the website at www.capitalbd.ca. See you next time on the Business Development Podcast. Business rock stars, we at the Business Development Podcast humbly invite you to be part of our journey. Despite our global reach spanning over 130 countries and our status as an award-winning show, we remain committed to delivering valuable insights and engaging content to our audience of decision makers. With two episodes released every single week and a back catalog of over 100 episodes, we strive to provide our listeners with the latest strategies and trends in business development and business growth. Why consider sponsoring us? Our listeners trust us to deliver authentic, informative content, making it an ideal platform for you to showcase your brand in a genuine and meaningful way. Choose from flexible sponsorship packages tailored to fit your advertising needs. With a back catalog of over 100 episodes and an average of eight new episodes released every single month, there are plenty of opportunities for you to connect with our audience. If you believe that your brand aligns with our humble mission, reach out to us at podcast at capital bd.ca. Let's start a conversation and explore how we can collaborate to elevate your brand together. Thank you for considering us. Send us an email at podcast at capital bd.ca and let's partner for the future.